Hello, everybody. Uh, this is the digital evangelism session. And we just want to, my name is John Wynn. I'm one of the ASI Young Professional uh, people here. And uh, we decided to do a segment on digital evangelism. evangelism. And uh, this was one of my favorite uh, workshops, uh, given the nature and given the time that we're, interesting times that we're in right now. Uh, everybody, I, uh, everybody is raving about digital evangelism right now just because, well, there's no more church, right? So how can we evangelize? And uh, during this time, we put together, put together uh, uh, several key people on this panel. And uh, we thought, man, how do we cover all forms of evangelism online? And it's very difficult. So we're going to do this as a Q&A session, a small presentation, and then we're going to jump right into the Q&A session. So feel free to jump on in and um, ask questions. Uh, anything that pertains to digital evangelism, feel free to ask. Uh, again, it is during these interesting times that we can grow as a church. We used to, uh, as digital evangelists, it used to be so difficult to advocate for digital evangelism. It is almost as if it's a, a debatable thing within church, but actually in reality, uh, now everybody is kind of forced to do digital evangelism because that's the only form that we can do right now. So uh, with that, I just want to turn, us, turn, turn it over to Felicia Datis. Um, and Felicia, please take it away. Sure thing. Thank you, John. Hi, everyone, young, ASI Young Professionals, and welcome to my guest. This is going to be um, a very exciting discussion, and we are happy that you are tuning in. You took time out of your Friday to be a part of ASI YP. So I'm not going to do a lot of the talking today. Uh, our panel of guests have so much experience. The Lord has been teaching them so much through what they've been doing, and um, we are blessed that they are going to be sharing. So I am going to start off with the person who is on the top left of my screen, and that's Justin Koo. And they're each going to introduce themselves very briefly, tell you what they do, and then we're going to jump into answering your questions. Justin, let's start with you. Hi, my name is Justin, and I live in the Portland, Oregon area. I've been doing digital missions now for about four years. Um, I create content for the spiritually curious and early on in my journey, that was for people who want to learn about the Bible, want to learn how to do prayer, commonly asked questions about the Bible, things like that. And now I've kind of expanded beyond that to include content that will actually feature conversations with atheists and pagans and Buddhists and people of different persuasions and different uh, ideologies uh, to try and help build the bridges and to help build uh, compassion and empathy for uh, the other people that are out there in the world. And uh, so I've been doing that for a while. I run a handful of other shows as well as do some consulting for churches that are wanting to grow their social media presence uh, online as well. So that's what I've been doing. Sounds like you have a lot of interesting conversations and videos, and we would encourage you, the viewers, to check out Justin's channel. Uh, then I want to go to Dustin. Tell us about you and your ministry, where God has been bringing you from. Yes, my name is Dustin Peslin, and I have a YouTube ministry and also a speaking ministry. And my YouTube channel is called Hope Through Prophecy. And the focus of that channel is really to share the three angels' messages. And so what we do is we work on bringing our viewers from broadcast to baptism. And so we do that, and I also I can travel as a speaker. 
Thank you, Dustin. Thank you. And your ministry is amazing as well. And then we have Chris Matt, who is who is still in digital evangelism, but he has a very slightly different uh, realm that he works in. Chris, tell us about you and your ministry, what you do. Yeah, my name is Chris Matz, and I'm from the, uh, well, I currently live in the Chattanooga area. Um, I became an Adventist about four years ago, and prior to that, um, I had a lot of experience in sales, advertising, entrepreneurship. And when I came into the church, um, I saw a big opportunity to help a lot of ministries and different organizations use um, online technology to do in-reach and outreach. Um, and this has led me to working with a lot of different ministries to do um, different digital evangelism projects and initiatives. Uh, I also have some research and development going on internally where we hire Bible workers um, to basically um, test different things in the field to see what's working um, in the area of online marketing and things like that. So, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining the discussion this afternoon or this morning, whichever time zone you are in. And I am Felicia Dattis. I'm going to be the moderator for uh, today's discussion. I'm the special projects manager for the Center for Online Evangelism. We're a ministry that seeks to empower and equip members, conferences, churches to do digital evangelism. Now, I want to remind you that we will be answering your questions. So make sure you plug them into the comment section or yeah, uh, put those into the comment section so that they can get funneled over to us. But before we get to your questions, I want to start off with just a little bit of, of a background experience sharing why digital evangelism is so, I find it as something that we truly need to invest in and why it's a passion of mine. So a few years ago, I was, and this might seem like a trivial topic for those who might not understand it, but I was really struggling with my taking care of my natural Afro textured hair. It was a struggle and a pain. And for those who know about um, hair within the black community and the struggles and sometimes controversy uh, that's involved in it, you know that it's a, a big deal. And I remember just breaking down in my room crying one evening. And I was like, God, if you don't show me what to do with my hair, I'm going to um, chemically straighten it, which was something I did not want to do. Uh, so over some time, I started to learn how I could actually um, change what I was doing with my hair. But the most important thing that I learned about this journey, and stick with me because it all links to digital evangelism, I began to learn how I could use the same principles that I used to grow my faith to manage my Afro textured hair. And over the years, as I experienced health in my hair and growth, I started finding that women, wherever I was, whether it was at the grocery store or at an airport or on campus, I would get the same question over and over. What have you been doing with your hair? And that's when I saw this is actually a great way to begin to connect with people, build relationships and share the gospel with them. And so I said, hey, how about I just start creating some YouTube videos? I don't consider myself as a camera person, YouTube person, but what if I just upload showing them, meeting this need, showing them how to care for their hair, and at the same time, uh, find a way to share the gospel, creating that link. Well, even 
even though all of my time is not spent in creating YouTube channels and building this ministry with just a few videos that were posted talking about hair and faith, what I started to notice was that women from around the world would suddenly send messages and want to get in touch. I am so grateful I found your channel. So grateful I found your blog. I came to learn about hair, but I learned about Jesus. I got something that was so much greater. From those YouTube uh, videos, we were able to uh, create more Zoom meetings, more Bible studies, connecting with individuals. Just this week alone, I was able to connect a lady on Facebook, a part of a Facebook group talking about hair, reached out. Uh, she's in Singapore. And we had a long conversation, not just talking about hair, which was the initial thing, but about how to grow faith and, and just, just how to draw closer to God. And the only way that I saw that this was possible was because of digital evangelism, being able to, to reach hundreds, thousands of uh, women around the world, meeting a need that they had, building a connection with them and sharing the gospel with them. And it, it's so amazing. And that's, the, that's just one small example of digital evangelism. And so on our panel today, we're going to find out more about what these digital missionaries are doing. And we're also going to, uh, to address your questions as well. So I'm going to start off with Dustin and... Dustin has a YouTube ministry. So Dustin, I want to ask you, and any of you, Justin or Chris can jump in uh, when at any point in the conversation, what are two ways you would say young professionals can make an impact on YouTube based on your experience? Yes, well, you know, young professionals, um, that is really kind of the niche that is on YouTube. And so as a young professional, even if you have a full-time job, um, you can still have a YouTube channel. You know, there's many ways that you can do it, like on a part-time basis. Um, so YouTube is just such a powerful platform. It's one thing I've noticed, Felicia, is that the easiest way to witness is to share a YouTube channel because mm -hmm. everybody is on YouTube and people's defenses seem to be down uh, mm -hmm. when you share a YouTube channel with them. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. It's true. It's true. And Justin, I also want to ask you because your niche is also your work is on YouTube. Um, we want to encourage you, the viewers, to send in your questions. If it's about digital marketing, YouTube, any sort of ministry, we're starting to get your questions. We appreciate it. So, Justin, how do you see we as young professionals can continue to make an impact on YouTube? I think you're muted. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I think there's a million and one ways that you actually can make a difference on the internet. I think the obvious one is, oh yeah, talk about Jesus on the internet. And cool, yeah, that's good. And, and maybe even that's needed, but I don't want to pigeonhole people into saying that's the only way you can make a difference for the gospel. Uh, one of my favorite stories that's been developing in the last couple of months is of my friend, Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson is uh, a friend of mine who lives in San Diego. Um, and lately he's been creating content on TikTok. And what he's been doing is he's simply been documenting his experience making chai every single day. And like, you might think that that's just a, a, a like a, a simple kind of duh process or whatever the case is. And yet in the last little while, he's grown an audience of like well over a hundred thousand people on TikTok. He's been interviewed by like news, uh, 
agencies like all across the country. And he's like massively popular with uh, young people on the internet. And the way that he does is he infuses his personality, his empathy and care and his love for people in his videos. And so while it's as simple as every single day, he's grinding up his, his ingredients, he's heating up the milk, he's pouring the drink together. He's actually using this as an opportunity to not just teach about chai, but to actually talk about things like racism and talk about things like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, different social justice issues that are going on as well as spiritual things. And what we found is that he's actually, because of this, because of his passion, which is chai making, He's able to reach people that maybe the average church person, maybe Dustin and, and myself would never be able to reach with a standard Christian video. He has people in his audiences who, who, are, who are witches, who are atheists, who are pagans, who are people who are still trying to figure things out, LGBT, fill in the blank. He's able to reach them in a meaningful way. Check out Cross Culture uh, Christian on, on TikTok and you'll see some of his, his chai making skills and it's pretty awesome. I really, really love that. And I'm going to come to Chris in just a moment to begin to explore digital uh, marketing a bit more. But I want to stay with you, Justin, for a second, because there's a question that I want to um, address. And one viewer says, I have considered a YouTube channel. I loved Felicia's example of witnesses witnessing, but I feel like all the ideas have been covered. So what other ideas or recommendations are there? Um, would like to hear several. So uh they, this person does not want to be pigeonholed where they're just talking about Bible topics, but she feels like everything is covered. So Justin, I want to hear from you and Dustin, I, you can answer as well. Justin, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a sense in which there's a lot more people playing on YouTube than there was in say 2007. It used to be as simple as you upload a video and people will watch it simply because there's nothing else to watch on YouTube. That's definitely not the case now. And so um, it, there's, you know, realizing that fact is actually probably one of your greatest advantages, realizing that people aren't just going to listen to a random talking head talking about anything anymore. Uh, actually, it's to your advantage because now you can start to think creatively, well, what else could I do? Like Kevin, he wants to talk about spirituality. He wants to talk about social justice. He wants to talk about the things that matter to him. But instead of just going on camera with a, his phone and just saying, hey, racism is bad. Jesus is good. Like, that's not going to reach anyone. So he's thinking, okay, how do I use something like making chai to do this? Think about a creative way. What is something that you love doing? Is there a hobby? Is there a skill that you're really good at? We have yet to find the really, you know, like the, the next level Christian, you know, Twitch streamer who's actually really killing it with, with faith-based or, or, you know, uh, good morals and is able to, to use Twitch for, for the gospel's sake. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I have the easiest answer. Otherwise, I'd probably be on Twitch right now playing some games. But there is space for this type of creativity. And this is the beautiful thing about the internet is that you no longer have to wait for permission from your church to do it. Uh, this is not one of the areas that the church is leading the charge right now. And so you actually, as a young person, can exercise your God-given creativity to go and do something. And maybe the church won't understand it in the early bits. I know that they didn't understand what I was doing for the last several years. But now they're starting to say, oh, maybe there is wisdom here. Maybe we actually do need Twitch streamers. Maybe we do need chai making TikTokers. So whatever the thing is, exercise creativity and, and allow God to really bless your efforts. I really love that. Thank you so much. Dustin, I'm going to come to you in just a moment. But Chris, I really want to explore what it is that you do, your role uh, and what you're doing with digital marketing. How do you see digital marketing? What role do you see it playing in the growth of the church and even helping young professionals? 
what it is. Yeah, so digital marketing is a very broad term. Basically, it's marketing using digital products. And there's a lot of different things, tools, strategies that you can implement um, for this. Um, we don't have a lot of time here to dive into the more technical, practical side of things. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of different tools available. Um, and I just want to kind of piggyback off something that Justin's saying, um, which is really, if someone wants to get their message out, they don't need permission from the church. They don't need permission from anybody. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. YouTube may be one way running ads on Facebook and targeting people and converting those into Bible study leads that you personally follow up with maybe another way. Um, there are so many different ways to get out there online. Really, I think what it comes down to is um, your God-given talents and passion and speaking through that thing. It doesn't necessarily need to look exactly like everybody else online who is positioning and bringing themselves as an evangelist, as a speaker, and that's all they talk about is the Bible um, or spirituality. Maybe they talk about you know, skateboarding or snowboarding, but they intertwine spirituality into that and they're positioning themselves as an influencer who is a Christian. And I think that's really what we're called to do in our daily life. So um, what online really does is it just takes those interactions that you're having with people or, you know, we hope that you're having with people um, in the physical world one-on-one -on -one, and it scales it to the point where you're now able to reach millions and millions and millions of people because you're putting yourself in a, in a platform in a, in a medium where you're able to be consumed at scale so um yeah there's a lot of different things that you can do with digital marketing to get your message out there and that's really all, all it is is it starts off with your passion and the message that god's given you and putting it out there to the world um, and you may just find that you like to do that on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, or maybe it's all of these things, or maybe you like, you know, the more technical side of ranking things in search engines and you like to build websites and that's kind of how you do it. There's a lot of different ways to get your message out there, but every one of us has a message and we can all be an influencer for Christ. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I want to get to a question one of our viewers has, and we love the questions you're sending in. Please keep sending them. Dustin, I, I want to address this to you. So one of the viewers says, I'm thinking of doing videos illustrating the entire Bible in Minecraft. However, I'm a bit shy and I tend to stutter. Uh, what recommendation would you give for to someone like that? They want to do video, but they have challenges. Yeah, well, I would probably avoid live streaming <laughs> uh, because when you go live, you're just there before the whole world. So if you if you do have some challenges speaking, um, I would make sure to do your videos recorded, um, but also practice. You know, you can practice every day, even if you don't upload those videos, uh, practice speaking into the camera. And after you do that for a while, you'd be more comfortable. Um, so that's that's some advice that I would have. I've embarrassed myself several times on live stream, so I can speak from experience. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, and Justin, how about you? Yeah, I mean, additionally, I would say that you don't have to actually do everything on a YouTube channel. 
uh, you can absolutely be the Minecraft person. You could be the one setting up the scenes. And then you can find a friend who is comfortable with their voice and speaking and have them do voiceovers or whatever the case is. Just because uh, this is your idea doesn't mean you have to do it alone. In fact, this is always better when you do this with loved ones, when you do it with friends and family, and you bring someone else into the mission that God has given you. That's really good. Um, let me stay with you for a second more, Justin. Um, what two advice, practical things you would give someone uh, who wants to start their YouTube channel, but they have no idea where, where do I start? It's so overwhelming, so much information. Where do they start? First two things. First, I would definitely plug Center for Online Evangelism. Uh, there's, there's a lot of resources out there. And this is, I mean, I'm kind of joking because Felicia works with Center for Online Evangelism as well as do I. Um, but there are a lot of resources out there where you can learn. So don't be afraid to educate yourself, whether it's going to the blog or the podcast that they run. Um, there's a lot of tutorials that you can actually really level up your skills when it comes to social media ministry. There's other resources out there like SDA Data, which is fantastic. I would really highly recommend that. The other pieces of advice I would give is simply this. Done is better than perfect. Especially when you're beginning, don't be afraid to just publish something, even if it's less than 100%. Uh, I think a lot of, especially creative types, uh, musicians and poets and artists are so, like they work so hard to get their product from 97% complete to 99% complete. And even at 99%, they're like, it's not perfect yet, so I'm not going to upload. In my mind, 80% is more or less where you want to hit upload. And the reason is, is because by hitting upload consistently, this is actually how you're going to learn. Early on, there's no risk of uploading something early. Worst case scenario is you upload something early and it's not quote unquote perfect and no one watches it. Well, guess what? If no one watched it, then really what are you missing out on? You actually have everything to learn, everything to gain, everything to learn by actually hitting upload and uploading regularly. So when I first started doing YouTube ministry, uh, I made a commitment. I'm gonna hit upload once per week for an entire year, 52 videos in one year. And there were some times, man, where that video was a little bit rough and it wasn't as polished as I would have wanted. But that process of hitting upload all the time was so crucial and so important. And it was actually a major key as to why I think uh, I was starting to reach people because you don't, you don't always resonate with the most polished video. Sometimes you resonate with the authenticity and the rawness. And sometimes you messing up and turning that into the kind of outtakes and uh, you know, these kinds of things actually makes people more endeared to what you're doing. So done is better than perfect. And the second thing is just always keep on getting better. Make sure video two is slightly better than number one. Make sure video number five is slightly better than number four. So if you're always uploading consistently and you're always educating yourself, your videos will get better over time. That's really good. That's really good. And Chris, I'm going to come to you in just a moment to talk about target audience, because that's something that's really important. But I want to share um, just a quick story in regards to what Justin just said. There was this video that I did just on the whim. Something came to me and I said, I should really record this. That was the one video that got 130,000 views. And that was the one that I wasn't really prepping for. It was just me literally just holding my phone up in front of a camera and sharing and that's what people are looking for. We're not saying that you, you should sacrifice quality, but when you feel the Holy Spirit is moving, do something done is better than not get, doing it at all. Chris, can you talk about the importance of knowing your target audience when it comes to digital evangelism and digital marketing? Yeah, I would say in the context of personal evangelism, um, the audience that you attract is going to be an audience that's more similar to yourself. 
um, if you're you know, using your profession, your hobby, your talent um, as, as kind of part of your messaging to, to attract people and get in front of people, um, those people are going to be interested in that thing. So they're going to be similar to you um, if it's more for personal evangelism. Uh, but for you know, broader ministry, I would say you really need to know who you want to attract. And you need to know who you want to attract based on what you're trying to get them to do, right? If I'm going to try to get someone to buy something from me in the future, I need to attract the type of person who's going to buy that product. Um, if you attract an audience that isn't in market for the product you're going to sell them or the offer you're going to make for them to sign up for something, uh, then you just have a big audience, but that audience never does anything. So really it comes down to knowing how to communicate to that person, right? You want to be able to create content that um, resonates with them and, you know, you're, you're able to speak to them as if they're sitting in front of you. Um, a lot of times when I'm, you know, writing ads or, you know, laying out the, the wireframe for a new landing page or whatever type of communication may be digitally, I'm thinking of, you know, the person on the other side of the screen and almost communicating to them as if they're sitting in front of me. Um, you really want to get in their head and it to be more of a conversation one-on-one um, -on -one because a lot of times we may think that, you know, our digital content is speaking to, you know, a large crowd, but your digital content is consumed one person at a time, right? So you want to speak to those people individually um, and really get to know them. And at first, you're going to develop something called an avatar where you, you know, put out all the different demographic, geographic, psychographic information. You're going to kind of guess who that person is. Um, but over time, when you get people who are you know, subscribing or um, you know, you're building up your different channels online, you're going to actually have the ability to reach out to those people and have one-on-one -on -one conversations and survey them and get to know them better. And that's going to actually steer your content in the future because you're going to be more educated along the way. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Knowing your target audience is so critical. Justin, I'm going to come to you momentarily to um, ask you for advice you would give to a teen who wants to start an online ministry. But Dustin, I'm going to address one of the questions from our viewers. Thanks for this amazing question. What is your content creation life cycle? And I guess they're probably asking, what is the, um, how do you go about creating your content? What is your structure and calendar like? Yeah, kind of the workflow. Well, in a word, uh, busy. <laughs> no, but basically the way that I produce a video is I start out with an idea. I have an idea for the topic. Um, and then I write a script. And the script is very critical part of the video because the script is really the skeleton of the video. And after the scripts, um, I'll do the recording. After that, I'll do what's called a storyboard. And the storyboard is basically planning out the blueprint for the different scenes of the video, uh, what graphics, what videos, what uh, elements you will actually use in the video. Um, and that can be sometimes one of the longest parts of the process. Uh, after that, I will be uh, editing. I'll actually 
insert all the graphics and the music and everything that I've selected. Um, and actually, usually I'll take a, at least a full day um, on music, on the soundtrack. Um, and then finally I'll upload. And the final process after you upload is basically sharing, uh, sharing your video and promoting it. Um, so that's basically the, the structure of what, what it goes through to do the video. Um, depending on what type of video you do, that is really for like a full production video. If you do a live stream, it's, it's a much simpler, faster process. Um, in my situation, I'm actually looking to start using a video editor because that process takes very, very long. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And what about editing software uh, that you use for your videos and your graphics? Um, yeah, there's, a, there's a variety that can be used. Um, I use Adobe Premiere. Um, mine was actually crashing today, by the way. So none of them are perfect. You know, whichever one you're most comfortable with. Um, there's another one by uh, Apple. It's uh, Final Cut. And there's actually a new one. Or it's not that new, but I've I've been hearing good things about it, and it's also it's called DaVinci. Uh, DaVinci Pro is another good. And some people I've even heard of, I've even seen some decent uh, videos that people have made on their cell phone using iMovie. Um, so there's there's multiple uh, tools that you can use to edit. That's good, and that's what I was going to mention because when I first started, I only had my phone and downloaded iMovie totally free, recorded it there and just edited. So you start with what you have and you be a good steward of that. And as you grow along, God will bless you with even more. So thank you, Dustin, for sharing. Just so we had a question from the viewer. Um, what advice would you give to a teenager interested in starting a blog or a podcast for teenagers? Yeah, I think actually what you guys were just saying, start with what you have is so absolutely crucial. I could tell you so many stories of people who started with literally just a phone. You know, I think of Caleb Isley from Humans of Adventism, who was working a full-time job and decided to start an Instagram and Facebook blog. He couldn't even take photos because he didn't have a camera to take photos. So he would interview people, ask them about their stories, write up their little, you know, micro blog or whatever, and take photos from their social media profiles with their permission, of course, and upload it. So he didn't have to have anything but literally a phone to get started. I think about my friends, Paul and Morgan, who are YouTubers who have well over 100,000 subscribers who up to a certain point literally shot and edited every video with literally just their iPhone, like eight or something like that. So never, never, uh, never underestimate what you can do and what God can do with even something as simple as a sling and five stones. Sometimes we like to get so tied up with gear. Like my friend Jasper will say like, don't get gas, don't get gear acquirement syndrome. Um, sometimes we think like, oh, what kind of stone is best? Oh, this stone is great because it's smooth and it's more aerodynamic or this stone is harder. You know, like, okay, like the stone might be important, but that's not actually the most important thing. The most important thing is that you put the stone in the sling that you trust God and you run towards the giants. So trust what God's going to do through you. Start with what you have, give your best effort and, and be willing to grow along the way. That's good. I'm, I'm going to keep you here for a second more. So some topics, another question, are hard to discuss, especially when it's coming from a teenager and some people who think the topic is controversial. So what is your advice on tackling those topics through 
video and through other online ministries. Yeah, that is tough, especially now where cancel culture is such a huge thing. Um, and teenagers aren't immune to the type of backlash that cult cancel, cancel culture affords. So you definitely want to be careful with what you say and how you say it. Um, I, we've heard stories after story of young, young kids going on Twitter and saying kind of ignorant things or posting videos and saying things in a really, uh, you know, bad light. And so um, I would definitely be careful with that. I would definitely um, really be intentional about who I include in the project, even mm -hmm. though you are a teenager and you probably understand social media better than maybe your parents and your pastor and those leaders in your life. It still is really valuable to involve them in the process. Maybe as you, as Dustin was describing how you're writing your script or you're coming up with the ideas that you want to share. What does it look like for you to run those ideas by people to get feedback and to have people weigh in on what you're saying? Uh, but beyond that, I wouldn't underestimate also the impact that a teenager can have. Um, I think that if you're trying to reach, you know, Gen Z, the best place, uh, the best person to reach the Gen Z audience is a fellow Gen, Gen Z. You know, as much as I want to say that I'm still young and I still got it and, you know, I still know what's what. The reality is I'm 30 years old. I don't think I have as much in common with a 15 year old as I used to. And so um, really you guys have such a huge opportunity to impact today's world uh, by actually engaging online. So, you know, include mentors, include leaders, but also like have some confidence in what God's going to do through you. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, there's a lot of value in humility on the internet. Um, I think we've all kind of seen the trend of whether they're religious leaders or political leaders always talking about subjects as though they know everything that they're saying is completely 100% right. They're not willing to apologize, not willing to say, I don't know to a good question. It, it comes across in a really poor way. And which is really convenient for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, because the mode in which we're meant to carry out our lives is one clothed in humility. And so as you're going out there seeking to talk about the things that you care about, don't be afraid to talk about it with humility, to be willing to, to ask other people, to interview other people, to ask people for their stories and their experiences, even if it challenges what you might currently believe right now. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I would um, say one more thing. Recognize that even when you are a digital missionary, sometimes you will make mistakes. As a young person, you will say something, post something that you, you look back on it. You're like, oh, I should not have done that. That's where God's grace comes in and forgiveness, but we also have to learn to extend that to other persons. Chris, I'm going to come to you in a moment to talk about traditional, how do we balance traditional and digital advertising? Um, but Moses from Mexico wants to know, uh, wants to have help to develop digital online skills for ministry. Moses, I actually want to direct you to, so what ASI is launching this week, the 3 a.m. call, if you go to their website, the3amcall.org, there are a variety of courses that you will take. The Center for Online Evangelism has also made um, these courses available for free. So if you want to start a YouTube ministry, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a blog, if you want to start an online small group, there are courses available that you can take. All you have to do is sign up and you will get all of that information. You can also visit the Center for Online Evangelism because we have those tools and resources that you can download. And then um, sdadata.org is another great site with so many resources um, that you can find. Uh, do any of you have any other links, resources that you can share that might help someone who wants to start an online ministry? 
Well, I think um, I think Justin brought up a good point earlier that there are actually a lot of YouTube channels that specialize in helping people grow their YouTube channel. Um, there's a guy named Daryl Eves, who's very good. Um, there's a guy named Tim Schmoyer, and I believe his channel is Video Creators. Um, so basically, as you as you get uh, familiar with different YouTube channels, these can be a great resource. Um, but also, I would highly recommend to find someone you can collaborate with. If you have a, a person who is already active on YouTube and successful, if you can collaborate together with them, uh, that will be a great resource. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We have a lot of questions coming in for YouTube. We're going to get to your questions. Chris, we're going to come to you. How do you form that balance between traditional means of reaching people and then digital means of reaching people? Some persons might just want to stick with what we used to do for the past 150 years. Others want to completely get rid of that and do things digital. How do we find that balance? Yeah, this is really important to understand. Um, digital will never replace human interaction. Um, really, one-on-one -on -one is, is where souls are actually one, in my opinion. Um, whether that be digitally, sometimes it's over the phone, sometimes it's on Zoom, but getting them in person, plugged into a community is where they're actually going to grow. Um, you, know, you can't live your entire life online. It's not possible um, and it's not healthy. So basically, I have, a, like I mentioned earlier, research and development um, through, through a ministry that I have. And uh, we hire Bible workers to follow up on leads that uh, we generate using digital marketing. And prior to that, we were trying to um, do everything online. We had an automated process where basically someone would um, see an ad, click on the ad, get a message automatically to their Facebook with a, a PDF Bible study. Um, and then, you know, every few days it would send them a new Bible study and it was just coming from an automated system. And, uh, we looked at the conversion rate from beginning to end to see the completion on those Bible studies. And we noticed that it significantly dropped after they received, you know, 10, 20 Bible studies. Uh, but then when we started hiring, you know, Bible workers to actually follow up with these people in the process, um, we noticed that more people are staying engaged um, and uh, completing Bible studies and it's more personable. So the role of that person is to get them to, you know, be plugged into a community. So um, the goal isn't to, you know, keep everything online and just have a bunch of online relationships the goal of digital evangelism is to get people to be plugged into the body of Christ in their local community, in their local church. Um, so that's, that's the goal of it. So, I mean, that's kind of how you can view it um, as far as balancing it when it comes to, you know, digital advertising um, versus traditional advertising. Uh, I would say, you know, where is your audience? If the audience you're trying to reach listens to a certain local radio station, advertise there. If your audience that you're trying to reach uh, spends more time on Instagram, that's where you should advertise or YouTube, wherever they are, that's where you should um, you know, be trying to communicate to them. So everything is uh, you know, just a little bit more situational based on who you're trying to reach. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, let's switch back a little bit to um, 
online in terms of YouTube, Justin, I'll start with you, then I'll take Dustin. Uh, one of our viewers, you asked a, a really good question. How do we, they're all good questions, by the way. How do we draw the line between using creative means to witness online and compromising our values? You want to get creative, but sometimes in getting creative, you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. How do you, how do you find that balance? Yeah, I, I, I think that the question maybe like accepts a lie that I don't buy into that creativity and compromise are like on two opposite ends of the spectrum or like, you know, that they go in hand in hand. Like, no, I think that you can absolutely be creative without compromising period. And so I would, I, it's not one of those balanced things. Like how much compromise is okay for the sake of creativity? Like how much creativity can I get away with before people get met? Like, no, I, I, I just don't buy into that. Be fully creative, do things that are out of the box. And don't compromise. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, Dustin, how would you respond? Yeah, well, I would say Justin said that well. Um, I, I think that it's, um, it doesn't have to be an either or. As Justin said, you know, God has made us creative beings. And you want to embrace that. You want to embrace that creativity. But be true to yourself. Be true to your principles. And pray. Whenever you start a project, ask that God would let his Holy Spirit guide you and lead you and give you that creativity. And no one else can make a video like you. No one else has a personality like you. And that's one of the, the reasons that I, I really encourage people that don't, don't be shy or don't be afraid of starting a Christian channel or a channel where that you are actually teaching Bible messages. Because some people say, well, there's many other people that do that. But the truth of the matter is, no one is going to have your personality. And the more people are teaching the truth, the more powerful it will be. Here's why... Oh, sorry. Be creative. Go ahead, Justin. Here's why we need people to exercise creativity. If you want to reach people that no one is reaching, you're going to have to do things that no one is doing. Like, sure, like inviting people to a Sabbath service in the morning, assuming COVID is not a thing right now, like that's going to reach people, no doubt. And it's going to it's going to be good and it's going to be important. But there's it's clear as day that we're not reaching the entire world right now. So if we're trying to reach other people, you're going to have to do things that literally no one else is doing. So like, you know, Dustin and I are in the same boat. We, we both have ministries where we explicitly teach the Bible, you know, through video. And that's good. And that's necessary. It's going to reach people. But like I said, like that's only one type of thing. We can only reach certain types of people. You exercising your creativity, fighting in your own armor is a way that God's going to reach people that we could never reach. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I, I love what, what you said, both of you. That's really good. Um, what came to mind was a quote that Ellen White said. She said that we should actually constantly be finding um various methods to reach people that we shouldn't stick with one thing at the same time we should acknowledge that there is that temptation to do something that you would not normally do under the guidance of the holy spirit simply to and don't get me wrong we want to attract people but it's sometimes we fall into the trap of doing things to attract the wrong kind of attention i remember when i was like 12 there was this guy's attention that i wanted to get and i wore a t-shirt that had a message on it that was not a good message. Um, 
So I was trying to be creative in my dress, but I was doing something that I would not normally do. I could be creative um, and allow the Holy Spirit to bring um, those people to ministry and so forth. So you definitely can be creative without being compromising under the grace of God. I have, I have a friend who's a pastor at a local church and they're, I guess one of their principles for ministry is anything short of sin will do to reach people. And I think that, that like, maybe that's, maybe that's a really strong way to say it, but literally if you're not doing sin, if it's not, if it's not sinful, can you use it for God's glory? Like, I think that the answer is yes. I think that that's actually a really brilliant and beautiful way to describe your willingness to go out of your way to reach people where they're at. Okay. All right. Chris, do you have anything to add to that um, in regards to creativity, digital marketing, for example, because that's a, that's someplace where um, creativity is needed. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different strategies uh, that you can implement and get really, really creative with um, with digital marketing. And it all just comes down to you know, really you just having a message to get out there in front of you know, a lot of people. Um, you don't, you know, going with what Justin's saying, you know, doing everything in short of sin. I actually like that. I've never heard that before. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I would say the biggest takeaway with, with this, uh, you know, call just go out and start, you know, start something. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, fail or, or not, you know, be perfect, get really creative in your own skin. Don't try to do what Justin or Dustin is doing necessarily. Do what you want to do and be, you know, your own unique person. You have a story, you have an experience in life where you can reach someone that I can't reach, right? Um, double down on those strengths and figure out how to get that message out there. Maybe um, you're really tech savvy and you figure out a way to build a bunch of different web pages and rank for certain things that people are searching for because you've gone on Google Trends and noticed that the search volume for these specific keywords is really high and you're ranking these pages and you're bringing people in from there and you have a follow-up strategy where you're now targeting the people who visit those um, pages with a Facebook ad or a TikTok ad or a Snapchat ad. And from there, it has an offer to a Bible study and they can sign up for it using, you know, this code. And then they get a text follow-up. Just there's so many different creative ways to do it. Um, in all the creativity, don't lose sight of this principle, which is reducing friction. If you make your audience jump through a bunch of hoops to get to the end to convert into what you want them to do, your conversion rate will always be very, very, very low. You wanna figure out a way to reduce as much friction as possible. That's why um, when I'm generating leads online, I use Facebook Messenger ads with chat bots because it doesn't require them to go to a landing page and then fill out all their information and then get access. They literally click a button and inside of Facebook natively in the messaging side of it, they get a message with a PDF Bible study and they don't have to do anything. So we figured out a way to reduce friction, which in terms of you know money and budget goes is really, really cheap. We're able to target people around the United States and acquire Bible study interest for under a dollar at many, you know, many times. Um, and 
if it's costing you, you know, a hundred dollars a year to generate a hundred Bible study leads and 10 of those actually convert into, you know, one-on-one -on -one Bible studies, uh, you have 10 people you're now studying the Bible with and it costs you a hundred dollars to do that. And that's really, really cheap. Anybody can do this. You know, you can um, learn the skill. You can go on YouTube. I've got a course that I put out. It's called uh, digitalevangelismcourse.com. You can go check that out. Um, Justin has a course for YouTube ministry. I've gone through it. It's really, really, really good. There's a lot of valuable stuff there. Um, really what it comes down to is your motivation to just get out there and do it because the information is at your fingertips with this. You can uh, really start a ministry from your cell phone. Right now, after this call, you can just start. That's true. Thank you. And we can look at the example of Jesus too. Jesus was creative and how he, he met people. He went where they were. He was by the lake. He was on a mountain. He was at someone's house. He was at a graveside. We look at the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted to get the attention of Jesus. Zacchaeus was really creative in climbing up the tree. Um, so you can be creative and not compromise. Dustin, we have another question from one of our viewers. I would like to know, and, um, Justin, you can answer this as well. I would like to know some cheap options for video content. I use music from Storyblocks because they are one of the few that allow monthly subscription at an affordable price. I am also looking for similar options, but for video clips or video making. What are some? Yeah, well, well that same website, uh, Storyblocks, that has audio clips is really my go-to for video clips. Um, they have another part of their website called Video Blocks, uh, which is a really good resource for uh, stock video. Um, there's there's a lot of them. That would probably be my go-to. And there's a lot of you know a lot of stock uh, photo websites like Pixabay. Uh, there's Adobe Stock that offers paid subscriptions. Um, yeah, those are those are some that I think of right off the top of my head. All right, how about you, Justin? Yeah, I, uh, for music, I personally use Epidemic Sound. It's another similar service. Um, I think it's, I don't know, like maybe 10 bucks a month or something like that. So it's it's pretty affordable, even if you're starting off. Um, even If that's too much money to start off, of course, you, you work with what you got. Start with your phone. I'm assuming everyone nowadays has a smartphone of some sort. So like I think that that's a foregone conclusion. Um, even if you don't, buy one of the latest iPod Touches. It's like 100, 200 bucks or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, beyond that, uh, YouTube even has a library. A lot of people don't know this of free audio uh, content that you can use as well. So even if you can't afford an epidemic sound or a sound blocks or, you know, create your own music or whatever the case is, YouTube has a lot of free songs that are available. Beyond that, go to something like SoundCloud and hit up individual artists that you like their music. If they're indie artists, uh, chances are that if you just write them and say, hey, love your piece, mind if I use it for my video, I'll include a link to your profile so that people can go and check it out. Most people are very willing to do that. Yeah. Um, so what I would add to their great responses um, to our viewer who asked this question, I, the operative word in your, question, in your question is the word cheap. We have mm -hmm. to understand that for those who are creating video and audio content that they're putting a lot of time and effort and for a lot of them, this is their bread and butter. This is how they feed their family. While they would love to make the, their content, their footage 
on B-roll audio available for free, their graphics, they still have to pay their bills. And so I encourage people, as a matter of fact, that it is a worthy investment um, to, if they're asking for $10 a month to access their, their video library, to go ahead and invest in that. If you do not have, by the way, the, the program that I use is Envato Elements, and that's about maybe $10, $12 per month, um, 200 something dollars uh, for the year. But through Envato Elements, I have access to the music, the, the, the stock footage, photos, graphics, web templates, fonts. It's so many things that you have access to, and that's a worthy investment. If you cannot start with that, it is okay to reach out to persons and say, this is a ministry that I want to start. I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to start a podcast, but I'm asking you to invest in my ministry by maybe purchasing a year's worth of subscription for me. Ask them to persons. You never, you would be surprised at how many persons will be willing to do that. And so when going into, for example, video ministry, if you are going to have B-roll, it's not going to be cheap. Unless, you know, you're a talking head and you're, you're, you're going to have to spend some money and that is okay to make that investment and to invite other persons um, to join you in that. One of the things I would, if I can add to that, Felicia, um, is to change the way that you think about what you're doing on the internet. Sometimes we think about it as a hobby in the same way that we would say playing basketball or playing video games or going for a run is a hobby. And yeah, it, it absolutely can be a hobby, but un under this framework that we're suggesting, this really is uh, part of your mission. This is part of your ministry. Um, in you know, we we understand that our church tradition calls for returning tithes and offerings to God. I'm not going to suggest that you you use your tithe money because I think a lot of people will get upset with that. Like we can have a further discussion about that later. But let's think about it. Like look at it as an offering. Um, what does it look like for you to give of your time, to give of your uh, extra resources to God through the, through the, the means of using different uh, services and things like that so that you can create videos for his glory? Um, that's the way that I look at what I do. I, I look at my life as, uh, as mission. So um, I'm not afraid to invest money for the sake of like a business or personal gain. Like that's kind of the framework. But at the heart of it all is, hey, this is God's money. This is God's mission. Like if he wants to bless it, then he'll bless it. And so that's the way I kind of look at things. I, and, and early on, you know, I, I needed help with this and a lot of people were willing to rally. I, I was, I had put in the time to create, you know, 30 or 40 videos already. So I was consistent. I was putting in that energy. And I, I realized that if I was going to take this to the next level, I would need a, a better computer. And so I did a GoFundMe and I think because people saw that I was consistent, that I was serious, that I was pumping out content and I described how, you know, editing one video would take me 20 hours on this old computer and why I needed a new one. People were willing to support me on this GoFundMe and to actually help, like literally I'm still, I'm using this computer that, you know, GoFundMe purchased or my people supported with in this live stream right now. And so, um, like like Felicia said, people will be willing to support once you demonstrate that you're serious about this. I appreciate that. Thank you. There are so many questions that we wish we could get to. We can't get to all of them because of the time, um, but we will make our contacts and websites available so you can reach us. So in the last like five minutes, I'm going to give each of you about a minute, 60 seconds. What's your final word, your final advice to um, young professionals who want to get involved in online ministry. What's your final word to them? Chris, I'll start with you. Take massive action. Uh, 
make a plan and do something small every single day. Don't get discouraged when, you know, you have a little snag. It's going to happen. But like Justin said, he made a commitment to do a video every single week, regardless of how good it was. And now he has, you know, multiple successful channels and a ministry that's been built off of that. So just do small thing every single day or every single week that will help push you towards your goal and just don't give up. Thank you. How about Dustin? What would you say? Yeah, sure. My advice would be number one is stay connected with God. Make sure your heart is right with God. Uh, spend time with him because as you are connected with Christ, you will actually have something to give to the world. You'll have a power. You'll have a uh, something that the world does not have. And so that would be my number one advice. And also pray, you know, seek God's counsel on how to best go about it um, and do what you're doing now. You know, seek advice, get counsel, get trained. And then finally, be bold, be brave and step forward. Thank you, just Dustin. Justin, how about you? Um, I, I would echo what uh, Chris and Dustin just said. I think that that was very well put. Uh, in addition to that, I would say don't feel pressured to create online content. Um, it may be that this actually isn't the place that God is calling you into. Uh, we're not so bold to say that everyone needs to be doing what I'm doing. I think a lot of ministries will say this, whether it's the health ministry or literature ministries or public evangelism or becoming a pastor. It's so easy for, for us to inadvertently say, everyone should be doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is important. No, the church is a body and there are many members in a body. Not everyone's an ear, not everyone's a toe, not everyone's a heart. You know, we all have different roles. So if you're not like about it, don't feel less than, don't worry about that. Like we're not trying to pressure you into doing it. Find something else, find and ask God, where is it that you call me into? Where can I use uh, the skill sets and the gifts and, and, and all these opportunities that you've given me? How can I benefit you? With that said, if God is impressing on your heart today to actually lean in and to become additional missionary, then I would say, hey, go all in, give it, give it a shot. Don't be afraid of failure. Give it your best. Like it's okay. And, and I would even be as bold as to say is contact Dustin and Chris, myself, Felicia. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, Jasper, Caleb. There's a lot of people out there who are, who are excellent at what they're doing and would love to kind of, you know, answer a few questions along the way uh, to help you get where, where God is calling you to be. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid. Uh, don't feel pressured into doing it. But once you have like this sense that God's calling you to do it, go all in. Thank you. And what I would add to that is to share your personal story. What is your experience with the gospel? What has been your experience with Jesus? Uh, persons are craving that authenticity, your experience, your um, what it is that you're going through. How has Jesus changed your life? You can share that through a podcast, through a video, through a blog, and then find a way to build connections, build these relationships with these individuals. Once you build that connection, then it opens the door for them to hear what you are saying. Thank you again, Justin, for your ministry. Dustin and Chris, may God continue to bless you. And to you, our viewers, we're so excited that you decided to tune into um, the digital evangelism track for ASIYP. And we hope that you are going to take this counsel and launch out to what God is calling you to do. I'm Felicia Davis with the Center for Online Evangelism. Wishing you all the best. Thank you again, gentlemen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI. 
Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.